It's a great privilege to be with you this morning to bring a word of thanks and hope from your United Methodist Children's Home, these days known as Embrace Alabama Kids. Since 1890, we've been caring for children and youth who've been abused, abandoned, or neglected by their families and are unable to live with them through no fault of their own. Since 1890, we've provided homes, healing, and hope for the least of these in the state of Alabama, primarily caring for foster children among us from the shoals of North Alabama to the shores of Mobile and Northwest Florida. We care for children from the cradle through the college, through, through college. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is from Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 10 through 14. For thus says the Lord, only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. May God bless the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. We all caught a glimpse in 2020 of what it was like to live in exile, didn't we? Our lives were disrupted. We couldn't go where we wanted to go. Fear and anxiety seemed to be the prevailing emotions during that time. And we were all left wondering when it would mercifully come to an end. More than any year I can remember, 2020 and the pandemic put most of us squarely in the midst of our own Babylonian captivity. And it occurred to me during the early days of the 2020 pandemic that we were experiencing, what we were experiencing was what many of the children we serve at Embrace Alabama Kids live their entire lives before coming to share life with us. Their lives are disrupted. Imagine a stranger showing up at your home and taking you from your parents. They aren't able to go where they want to go. Fear and anxiety are their prevailing emotions. And they often wonder when they will ever feel at home again. We're approaching the season of Advent. And Advent, of course, is the season of waiting for God's deliverance through the promised Messiah, Christ our Lord. But our experiences waiting in that 2020 Advent season had an extra layer that one can only hope brought us a little closer to understanding the emotional climate of the first Christmas. We all waited that year in anticipation of a vaccine that would bring our isolation and exile to an end. But there is no such magic shot or pill for a foster child. Their coming out of exile is a process 
a process that doesn't happen without you. I want to share the story of three young people this morning, those stories, whose exiles have ended. Children who now rest with the assurance that they are at home and they're loved by a family and a holy God. Jack came to us when he was 15 years old. His mother had been in and out of jail, addicted to meth and alcohol. His father was never involved in his life and lived in another state. He didn't want custody or any visitation with Jack and his sister after DHR removed them from her home. And shortly after being placed in a foster home, not one of our homes, another home, the foster parent asked that Jack be removed due to a variety of behavioral issues. He intentionally damaged their home. He was defiant. He was even violent if the foster parents attempted to discipline him. He was failing several subjects in school and getting sent to the principal's office on a regular basis. He was an angry young man headed for serious trouble. Enter Embrace Alabama Kids. After removal from regular foster care, Jack was placed with us through one of our therapeutic foster homes in the Wiregrass. Our message to Jack was the same message we have for every child that comes into our care. It mirrors Jeremiah 29, 11. God loves you, we love you, and you don't ever again have to live like you've been forced to live up to this point in your life. There's a better way, and we will help set you on that path for life. Well, we back that message up by providing Jack with intense therapy to help him learn how to manage his anger. Our staff and his foster family work closely with school counselors and teachers to help Jack learn social skills and study skills that also helped him with his anger. And he also received consistent medical care to help him with his diagnosis of ADHD. But most importantly, Jack became involved in a local church and JROTC at school. He began to show improvement with his grades with the help of the consistent tutoring that we provided. He began to date, enjoy school functions, and was able to visit with his sister and his grandmother regularly thanks to our staff and the foster family. And within a year, Jack had improved to the point where he could move to our Headland Boys Home in the Dothan area. And for the next two years, he continued to thrive there. He became a certified lifeguard and worked for the city recreation department. Our staff made sure he continued to be active in his church. He joined the Dale County High School football team and became a starting player on one of their playoff teams. And after graduating from high school, Jack moved into an apartment located behind our boys' home and began classes at a community college. He also began to pursue his dream of joining the military. And within five months of graduating from high school, Jack enlisted in the Army. God isn't finished with Jack yet, but he has begun a great work in this young man's life that I look forward to watching over the coming years. It occurred to me a few years ago that certain elements of Jack's story were similar to Nicholas Cruz. Do you remember that name? Nicholas Cruz is a young man who killed 17 people in a school shooting on Ash Wednesday of 2018 in Parkland, Florida. And when I compared their stories, I, find my, I found myself asking, 
What's the difference? What's the X factor in the stories of these two young men? And for me, that answer is simple. It's you. You. People like you offering Jesus Christ to Jack through a safe, secure, loving Christian home where he could learn about grace and forgiveness on a daily basis. You adopted Jack through support of our ministry. We raised him with your help. You enabled us to say in good faith, Jack, God loves you. We love you. And you don't ever again have to live the way that you've been forced to live up to this point in your life. It's a better path. And we will help set you on that path for life. Now I want to tell you about Timothy. Timothy graduated from the University of Alabama this time about three years ago. Timothy was a part of our residential higher education program for four years. We developed our higher education program about nine years ago. You see, we've always done a wonderful job at the children's home of taking care of abused, neglected, and abandoned children while they were young, but we needed to do better in launching them into a thriving adulthood. Foster children have abysmal college graduation rates. Only 20% of children in the foster care system attempt college, and of that 20%, roughly 5% actually graduate. And so nine years ago, we designed a research-based program that would provide college-age foster youth with the kind of wraparound support that they need to be successful. We took two of our group homes that are located in university towns in Tuscaloosa and Florence and converted them into higher education homes that are open 365 days a year, 24-7, providing the kind of support these students need to be successful. Nine years into the program, the results have been astonishing. We currently have 22 young people enrolled in the total program with a combined GPA of 2.85. 60% of all the young people who have started the program have either graduated or been retained and 100% of all current students are progressing toward their degrees. So far, we've had 17 graduates, with three more graduates slated for this spring. The program has been so successful that we're expanding it to Pensacola in fall 2023. Back to Timothy. He graduated from Alabama about three years ago, and I first met him at the Bryant-Jordan Scholarship Awards Banquet about eight years ago. He was selected as one of the program's achievement recipients and as such automatically qualified to interview for our program. Timothy was about to graduate from Abbeville High School and had little hope of attending college due to his family situation. He grew up in Dothan's housing project until he moved to Abbeville in the sixth grade. His early childhood memories are a haze, but he recalls not always having electricity and a mother who drank constantly and was always angry and abusive. When he was 11, Timothy, his sister, and his brother were removed from their mother's home and placed in kinship care with his grandmother and her husband. Timothy's grandmother did the best she could, but there were precious few resources for sending Timothy to college. He actually had fewer resources for college 
than if he'd actually been in the foster care system. We saw something special in Timothy that day at the Bryant-Jordan banquet. He was humble, he was well-spoken, yet the thing I remember thinking the most was that he had what my old college baseball coach called a bad case of the wants. Timothy wanted a better life, and he wanted it badly. And so we offered Timothy a full scholarship in housing in our program in Tuscaloosa, and initially he majored in athletic training. But after watching the movie La La Land, yes, La La Land, he was inspired to follow the movie's primary theme, which is, here's to the fools who dream. La La Land asks its viewers the question, what are you willing to give up to pursue your dream? Timothy felt that was a sign, so shortly after seeing the movie, he switched his major to creative media. Writing and directing short films has become his passion. He's written numerous scripts, and he directed a film for his senior project called The Rose That Grew From Concrete, which focuses on specific life lessons between a mother and a daughter. Timothy says he chose this subject because women have been very impactful in my life. I don't have a close relationship with my mother, but I've had other women come into my life and show me what having a mother is like. A number of those women are our higher education staff at our Tuscaloosa home. Timothy's a wise young man. When interviewed by the university press shortly after graduation, he was quoted as saying, over this semester, in the process of putting my film together, I learned that dreams don't work unless you do. I tell myself that every day. Timothy spent the last year working in media with WSFA in Montgomery. He hopes to one day go to film school to continue refining his skills, and thanks to you, we will be with him every step of the way. We depend on your gifts each and every year, not only to care for young children who've been abused, abandoned, and neglected, but also to launch promising young people like Timothy. You are enabling us to take a population of students with a 5% graduation rate and graduate them at rates over the general student population. Timothy and countless others like him in the future will no longer live in exile because of your gifts. I want to close this morning by talking with you about cotton candy, which seems like a far cry from this theme of bringing children out of exile, but just bear with me for a moment. Chances are each one of us here has a memory about cotton candy from our childhood or our youth whether it's eating it ourselves and letting it melt on our tongues or having our children or grandchildren begging for it. You most likely won't find cotton candy in places of exile. In exile, you are lucky to find the bare necessities. But you'll find cotton candy at places where kids have fun. Baseball games, football games, amusement parks, the circus. That's why one mother here in Mobile was surprised when David, her newly adopted six-year-old son, told her he remembered eating cotton candy at Disney World. 
she was baffled because their son had grown up in foster care and they had adopted him out of foster care. His birth mother was 14 when David was born and had suffered a significant amount of trauma in her life. She'd been abused, neglected, and abandoned herself. She was scared, she was angry, and she was ill-equipped to raise a baby. It's not exactly the backstory that conjures up images of happy children eating cotton candy at Disney World. It's a story that conjures up images of exile. David's adoptive mother was a little worried that her son was imagining this or had conjured up a childhood experience that he wished he'd had. Then by happenstance, she learned that David's story about cotton candy wasn't a figment of his imagination at all. David's mother, adoptive mother, a longtime supporter of Embrace Alabama Kids, just happened to be at the groundbreaking of our new facility for Babies First on Schillinger Road here in Mobile. Babies First currently cares for 10 young mothers ages 14 to 21 who are pregnant or who have a young child. 20 souls in all live in our Babies First home on Schillinger Road. The staff mentors the girls, teaches them how to parent, helps them get an education and job skills so that they can break the cycle of poverty and foster care. It's the only facility in Alabama that provides residential group care for pregnant teens and young mothers. So the need is tremendous. And while at the groundbreaking for the new facility, David's adoptive mom mentioned to one of our longtime staff members that a young boy named David who had been in foster care in the Mobile area had joined their family. The more they talked, the wider the eyes of our staff person got. Are you talking about our DJ? She asked. We raised him, and we've been praying for him for the last two years. You see, David, DJ as we knew him, was born into the baby's first home here in Mobile. His birth mother came to baby's first when she was pregnant at 14, and it was his very first home. The staff loved him, nurtured him, threw birthday parties for him, celebrated his first steps, his first words, and all those other milestones. He was potty trained there, he learned his colors and his numbers, and he grew to be a happy, healthy, loving little boy. The staff also worked very hard to get his birth mother to a place of stability and to help her heal enough to make a life for herself and her son. But in this particular case, God's plan for their lives was for David to be adopted by a family who could love and care for him in a way that she couldn't. So she eventually signed over her parental rights and left the home. Once that happened, DJ, David, was removed from the baby's first program and placed in a foster home, much to our staff's dismay. Our staff lost touch with him, despite many attempts to remain in his life. Our staff was completely heartbroken. They worried about him, prayed for him, and comforted themselves with the reminder that the love Lord, the, the love loved, the Lord loved David more than anyone. But as soon as that connection was made at Baby's First that day, 
a longtime staff member began to share with David's adoptive mom what he had been like as a child, about as a young child, about his personality, what he'd been afraid of, what brought him comfort. She shared baby pictures and photos, including one about how David and his mother went to Disney World and ate, you guessed it, cotton candy. I tell you the story to not only remind you that your support helps us provide children who have very little hope with a safe place to live. I tell you the story to let you know that your generosity allows us to go beyond that. We not only give them warm beds, nutritious meals, a spiritual foundation and education, and everything that they need to heal physically, emotionally, and mentally, but we also provide cotton candy. We take them on trips and let them participate in extracurricular activities just like every other child. They play football and basketball. They're cheerleaders and softball players. They're in the band. They go to the beach. They go to the lake. They participate in mission trips. They go to church. They go to camp. They go to prom. They roast marshmallows, play ping pong, and splash in the rain. David's adoptive mom has said she's grateful for the strong foundation and unconditional love that he experienced with us here in Mobile. These days, he spends his time exploring, climbing trees, catching frogs, clowning around, and playing with his two sisters who love him dearly. David no longer lives in exile. His life is a powerful testament to the Christmas story, the story of a God loving us so much that he would give his own son that we would no longer have to live in exile. David's life is now full of cotton candy, and we thank God daily that you've helped provide it. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit.